Injuries are mounting around the NFL, not just for the Chiefs. We're going to talk about that and much more on today's Outside the Trenches. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. Welcome into Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. I'm hanging out with my man Big B. Um, Nick Lake will be joining us in the middle of the show here. Uh, Big B, how you doing, man? I've been better. It is. It was an awful sports weekend for me, and it hasn't gotten any better as the week has gone on, as... My Kansas State Wildcats are completely falling apart, and it's just, uh, let's just get to the weekend. Oh, my goodness. This is terrible. Terrible. Yeah, it's been and something that I necessarily didn't see coming in terms of that and everything. Uh, boy, it's been quite an, uh, an interesting week um, for your Louisville Cardinals as well. Uh, the ACC championship game. Stick, keep it close. Sorry, I didn't want to bring it up, but you wear the shirt, so I guess I could not. Brutal. It, it just, just piling it on now uh, when, when you get to see it. But uh, let's talk about some things that are also brutal is like these injuries around the league, Big B. I don't know if you yeah. were watching the, uh, the Packers Chiefs Sunday night game, but in that first like quarter, quarter and a half, it seemed like every. Every other play, there was a Chiefs player going down. I don't know if it was necessarily a surface issue. They've got natural grass over there in uh, at Lambeau, but that's always been kind of a big thing with Lambeau. Is that look, you, you're gonna need you're gonna need to wear different spikes than what you usually wear when you go there. That's what the that's what the big thing is. And it seems like whatever players wear, it's the wrong ones. Right. Um, and it, there was a couple ones that seemed like surface based. I can't do anything about Drew Tranquil taking a knee to the back of the head. You know, that's just right. one of those things. It's uh, one of those fluky things, but Brian Cook, his ankle, I don't know if you saw the picture, turned basically all the way around. Yeah, and it was uh, Not broken, though. Um, so it seems crazy, but uh, thoughts on just the Chiefs' injuries and, and on the defensive side of the ball, they just seemingly got depleted. They did. Um, I mean, unfortunately, and I always say this about football, it's like injuries are literally just part of it. And yeah. it's usually, I mean, bones break, ligaments tear, that's just the way that it is. And, you know, it seemed like it's just like you said, Tucker. One was happening one after another with the Chiefs. It's like, gee, many Christmas, what's going on here? So it's bad. Uh, hopefully they can get some some guys healthy um, and get back. But, you know, football is a game of attrition, man. It's a game of attrition. Looking at the injury report, uh, Isaiah Pacheco had a shoulder, didn't practice on Wednesday. Brian Cook, that ankle did not practice either. Not surprised if he doesn't practice for a while yeah. uh, after seeing that. Uh, Donovan Smith has a has that neck issue. He's not playing. I guess it's a neck in- issue that's impacting his like shoulders and his arm movement, which never good if you have a neck injury no. impacting that. Uh, that's Horrible. not a good thing. And uh, Drew Trickle, as I mentioned, did not practice with that uh, concussion. Still in protocol, but I mean, They've got other guys, too, that were full participants, but, like, Canarius Tony still dealing with that hip. Legereus Steed's got a knee, and so does Sky Moore. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was on the injury report today with a pack injury. He's still a full participant. Uh, Nick Bolden is on the IR still, but he was a full participant with his wrist injury. Darius Harris had a wrist injury, and Rasheed Rice has been nursing a foot for a little bit. 
And uh, Jerick McKinnon, his groin injury, he missed the last couple games with that injury. He was a limited participant. Um, as you said, Bigby, it's a game of attrition. You have to prepare for this. That's why, you know, you have the backups. That's why you build the roster the way you do. Chiefs with a third string Mike linebacker seemingly uh, put put the put them in a good position to win the game when it came down to it. They just couldn't get it done on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's not often that you see something like that either. You know, usually when you're down to your third string, it's like teams are running at them, they're scheming them, you know, and, you know, they they had an opportunity. They put them in a a good position. So, you know, Chiefs are doing some good stuff on the defensive side of the football this year, and it's going unnoticed, and it's going unappreciated because people are so used to the Chiefs scoring 35, 38, 40 points a game, and they think, well, the the team stinks because they're not putting up those kinds of points. And I'm like, and I keep telling people, that's not the case, man. It's just their defense is really, really good. It is really good. And and Jack Arker did the best he could, right? You know, go out there, a guy from from South Dakota State. What do you expect? Go out there. I mean... At that point, when when I saw the the replay of uh, Drew Tranquil taking a knee to the head, I was like, "Great, yeah. this is going to be an adventure now." Because now you're on your third string, Mike. You're you're anticipating that guy to to be able to direct traffic and get everybody lined up. I think at one point, uh, Justin Reed went out with an injury too in that game. He was able to come back. Charles and Minnie, he went out with an injury in that game. He was able to come back though. But dropping like flies on the defensive side of the ball, and as I mentioned, still gave them a chance to win the game there towards yeah. the end with the, with the, with the offense, but. Big B, the injury bug isn't just in Kansas City. Isn't just in that Lambeau field. It's all around the league. And when you talk about even just starting quarterbacks specifically, I think it's nine of 16 teams in the AFC yeah. are starting quarterback than they started week one. This seems much wilder, much different than we've had in years past. It, it is. You know, you, we can make... And think, well, some of these are flukes. I'm like, and maybe they are, but I, I just know the guys are hurt and the guys are out. I mean, you yeah. look at the AFC's North, you know, I know I'm a little biased, but you look at the AFC North in general, and people talked about that is and was the toughest conference in, in the National Football or toughest division in the National Football League. Yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett's out. Um, Deshaun Watson, whether you think he was good or not, he's better than the backup. Joe Flacco is playing for crying out loud. Joe Joe Burrow is out. I mean, it's just, it's insane what is happening to quarterbacks all around the league. And in typical fashion, you know, it's ironic. The one quarterback that everybody said was always going to be hurt, Lamar Jackson, he's the one guy still standing. Now we knock on wood and hopefully he still does. But this this these injuries to quarterbacks around the league, it's just insane. It is quite absurd. Just looking at even like the star quarterbacks. You mentioned Burrow, like Cousins is out. Uh, I don't know yeah, if you want to throw Daniel Daniel Jones into the star category, yep. but he was definitely a starter coming into it. He's making making a lot of money. He's out. Anthony Richardson, he had a lot of promise coming into this year. He's out. Aaron Rodgers is trying to come back from an Achilles injury, but still, he was he he had a season ending injury. And you mentioned Deshaun Watson as well. Like those are all quarterbacks that we anticipated to, you know. Yeah, shoulder a huge load from uh, on their team, and now that they're out, and and it's not it's it's been so weird this year too. It's not just like you know we anticipate like running backs to get hurt, right? Like I think every right. year I anticipate like the starting running back to miss a couple games, right? Sure, because 
the nature of the position and everything like that. But it really seems like it's every position is 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 really uh, feeling it this year. I don't know if it has to do with you know the shortened preseason or if it has to do with a com- probably probably a combination of factors. Truthfully, with the CBA lightening up practices. So they don't see that contact as much. So they're not as used to the contact as much. I don't really know. I'm not a doctor, so I don't really, uh, I'm not really going to diagnose it all that much. But it just seems like that if you look at injury reports from all around the league, you're seeing laundry lists of 10, 15 names every time you're looking at an injury report for a game. It's just something, it just seems like something's up. But it gets get my radar, my, my, my spidey sense is tingling. You know? No, you're, you're 100% correct. You know, and, and another quarterback who is playing. But he's compromised, and the Chiefs saw him a few weeks ago as Jalen Hurts. He's out there on one leg playing football. You can tell that he's absolutely compromised, you know, from what he actually can do. And you are right, Tucker. It's a combination of everything. You know, it's not just one thing. It's guys are bigger, faster, stronger. That's number one. That that kind of goes unnoticed. It's just it's just the way it is. Evolution is a real thing. Guys are yeah. bigger, faster, stronger. Not enough practice time, you know. That don't can't do. You, I think it's what eleven padded practices that you can do during the season. So it, it's just a combination of all of that together. Um, and also, I mean, I, I'm not a big believer in you know voodoo and all this stuff. And but karma is in the air. Sometimes it's just it, it's a, a year of injuries. You know, and I think we've all seen it. It's like, it's crazy how these injuries are just popping up all over the place. So it's just more than, I think it's definitely more than what we're normally see. And they're major injuries. You know, everybody has an ankle every now and then, or, you know, a, a bump, bruise, whatever, a hamstring. These are major injuries that we keep seeing that happen, that are taking guys out for the, for the season. It's crazy. You just had Tank Dell break his leg, I'm pretty sure, yeah. in a game. I mean, it is a contact sport. I, I, I see J.C. Proctor in the chat there saying it's contact sport, limited practice time. Yeah, I mean, I, it w- it's a collision sport, not a contact sport. Basketball's a contact sport. There's a huge difference. <laughs> there is. And there's that one, there's a, there's a, there's a conversation to be had, too, especially, you know, I think, obviously, various case by case. But for the Chiefs' standpoint, Wanya Morris came in, in in relief of Donovan Smith when he when he was you know not able to play played right. pretty well from what I thought um, and there's a conversation to be had of like okay just sit Donovan Smith until he's a hundred percent if you really think that him maybe he gets Wally pipped right maybe he loses his job to injury usually Andy Reid doesn't like to do that though Andy Reid's very much of a player's coach and uh, likes to give the veterans a fair shake and doesn't like to start a rookie until he absolutely has to. But, I mean, man, he looked good, and they looked good running the football behind him, too. They sure did. And, you know, the one thing that we know about Andy Reid, you are right. He is a player's coach. Uh, he takes care of veterans. But there's something else that Andy Reid wants to do more than any of that is win. And so if this guy is going to give him a better chance, and you're right, they look good. They look good running behind him. And – Let's just call it what it is. Donovan Smith has not had a good football season. He just hasn't. You know, Mahomes bails him out a ton. And so it's just, at some point, you just have to go with a guy that's going to give you the best opportunity to win. 
And like you said, whether it's an injury or not, sometimes an injury takes somebody out. It's just the way that, you know, football and I think any athletic sport, it's just the way it works. Sometimes you get taken out by injury. And if somebody comes in that's playing better than you, it is what it is. It is what it is indeed. And, you know, I was just looking at kind of some some of the notable injuries around the league. And like like we already mentioned, I mean, there's some there's there's some serious like names. Like you're talking about Jeffrey Simmons, you're, you're yeah. Brian Robinson, you're yeah. talking at uh, you know, Kenny Pickett as you mentioned earlier. Uh are they gonna start Mitch Trubisky or are they gonna play uh Trace McSorley? What do you think? No, no, no. It it's uh it's Trubisky or Mason Rudolph. And Trubisky's gonna get the start for sure. Uh first of all, he makes like nine million dollars. So when they signed him last year, they signed him to be the starter. So he got a two-year deal. So this is the second year of that two-year deal. So he's making good backup money. So if he's not good enough, I feel like the Steelers would have cut him to save some uh, some money on that yeah. salary cap. So, you know, he's making good money to be the backup. And if we're all being honest, there's not that much big of a difference between baby hands and Trubisky anyway. There, there's just not that much big of a difference. The offense won't change. Nothing is going to change. Other than Trubisky does take more chances and throws the ball down the field and down the middle of the field, which as a Steelers fan, I'm going to love. So, you know, at least he's given guys opportunities. Looking at other quarterbacks, uh, Derek Carr seems to have a new injury every week and then will still play. I don't know why they don't play James Winston. Uh, It looks like last week he was in concussion protocol and had a shoulder and a back injury. In Saturday, yeah. Sunday's loss to the Lions, so he's he's going through it. Uh, other quarterback news that I think we should touch on, Big B, is there was a rumor going around. I think Diana Rossini originally reported it uh, that after benching Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson very upset about it, right? Uh, right. Rightfully so. You know, the dude wants to be the NFL quarterback, keeps getting benched. Uh, that I can't imagine how frustrating that is for him. And humiliating it is for him at the same time. They go, uh, they bench him for Tim Boyle, who, shocker, didn't play well. Then they end up benching Tim Boyle for Trevor Simeon, who also, shocker, didn't play well. And then you have the coaching staff, what I like to think. I don't know. I'm not reporting this. This is, this is my, this is my now, now fan theory about this. Right. The coaching staff then crawling back to Zach Wilson and basically, begging for him to play quarterback. Diana received tweeted out that he was reluctant to take the yeah. starting quarterback job back. Obviously, he got to the podium and said, no, dude, I love these guys. I'm so excited to do that. Listen, if I was him in that situation, I'd be reluctant too. You've just yeah. been benched a couple times. They went and signed a, a an all-pro over you. They clearly don't want you to be the quarterback. Yeah, They clearly well, do not want you to be the quarterback, and rightfully so. I just would have a hard time uh, swallowing my pride as much as Zach as Zach Wilson has uh, in that regard. In that sense, I mean, circumstance. There's two sides to it. The the one side that that a lot of people don't look at is like, look, this is your job. So whether you get benched or not, if they're coming back to you and saying we're putting you back in, you need to go back in the game because guess what? They pay you. So and unless you don't want to get paid, if you're okay with that, then. Hey, we're putting you back in. You're going in, you know. So that's the one side of it. The other side of it is, you made me the scapegoat for all of the offensive problems. When clearly this is not all on Zach Wilson. That offensive line can't pass protect, literally to save their life. 
much less his life because he's the one back there taking a beating. So they, they don't run it anymore, so they can't do that. So they put all the blame on him. They brought in a guy who, Boyle just got cut. I mean, not only did he get benched, he got cut. Right. That's who you thought was better than me that could get more points on the scoreboard was a guy that you literally just cut. So, you know, I, I feel his pain. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be mad. Um, the, first of all, the rumor is 100% true. You know, she's not going to tweet out something. He probably leaked it out. You know, they're saying yeah. that somebody within the Jets organization, I bet he said, hey, man, leak this out. You know, I, I don't know if I want to come back to this. I go, they wanted to make me the scapegoat. I don't want to go out there and get hurt. You know, so it, yeah. it's a tough situation. But look, if the coaches come to you and say, hey, man, you got to go play. I know it's been tough. I know we went a couple different directions, but we need you to go play because you're better than these other guys. You got to go play unless you are okay not getting paid. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough situation in New York. Uh, they think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be back soon. He's already gone. What will this be week three? Will this be the week, the third week with him off of uh, with the twenty-one day practice window? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. He set off for two. He set out for two weeks. So. Yeah, uh, they're going to have to activate him and make a choice here pretty soon uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, he's going on the IR. There's no way that he's coming back to a a four and eight football team. Not a chance. Not a chance. Not a chance. Yeah. Especially with another couple. I think do they have another couple years left on the job? I know he's there for at least next year. Um, I don't know his and I don't know his contract off the top of my head. Um, Poor podcast host moment for me. I mean, he took a, a pay cut so they could sign some other people, but he'll be there next year. He's under contract for next right. year. We're going to boatload. So why risk it for nothing? Because they are not making the playoffs. That that's not happening. Not happening. It's not happening. There's some good matchups going on around the league this week. Um, there is some good ones that we'll keep an eye on. Uh, but we're going to talk about Pro Bowl voting coming up next. We're going to take a break here real quick. Nick Leckie will join us soon uh, at 9.30. He plans on hopping on. That doesn't mean anything to you guys listening to this podcast after the fact. But for you guys watching live, Nick Leckie will join us for basically Blind Nail. But we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered straight to your door. Spend your time this holiday season shopping for gifts and sipping cocoa, not stuck in the checkout line. Sign up for HelloFresh and get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. Just choose your recipes, select the delivery date, and relax knowing dinner is on the way. You can make hosting this holiday season a joy rather than a hassle with the help of HelloFresh Market. From crowd-pleasing charcuterie boards to photo-worthy desserts, it's easy to add these party pleasers to your weekly order, saving you so much time. With how easy HelloFresh makes it with all the ingredients, it can also be an opportunity to cook with your family during this season and make things fun with your family. Go to HelloFresh.com slash KCSN free and use code KCSN free for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash KCSN free with code KCSN free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time of great joy and celebration, but it can also bring extra added stress to your life. Whether that's stress from traveling, stress from spending time with family, 
or financial stress, it can be a time of ups and downs this time of season during the holidays. This time of year, you might be spending a lot of time thinking about others, getting gifts for your family or friends. But it could also be the right time for you to think about yourself as well. That could mean going easy on yourself in tough moments. A great option to help yourself through tough times this holiday season could be therapy. It can help you talk through tough times in your life. It can help you prepare emotionally for things you might experience in your life and help keep you grounded during what could be a stressful holiday season. It can be helpful in learning positive coping skills or how to set boundaries, and it can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com KCSN for 10% off your first month. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back into Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends Five Farms Irish Cream Liqueur. Hey, just had a successful uh, Sola KC raffle drive. I think we raised over $21,000 for Operation Breakthrough uh, for their Christmas store that we've been uh, running the raffle there. So really appreciate everybody helping out um, and be on the lookout for more. We're going to go to uh, Dick's Sporting Goods in Kansas City, have a shopping spree where we can spend $21,000. That's right. Listen. Big B, a lot harder than you think. Last year we had about twenty thousand um, in the bank to spend for Operation Breakthrough. We just go around and, you know, I think I was telling you guys about just like throwing stuff in the car, just like we'll take all of those that you got on the rack and then just kind of throwing them on in there. A lot harder to get to, to twenty thousand on one shopping spree uh, right. than you think it would be. Um, but basically, buy up all the stock of this uh, Dick Sporting Goods here in Kansas City, and uh, very excited to have videos out from there and everything like that. But uh, Great, uh, great thing that we do there. Uh, Nick, Nick's got his ticket. He's hoping to win that Travis Kelsey signed helmet, that that Taylor Swift boyfriend uh, helmet. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big ticket item there. But uh, hey, Taylor Swift, name time person of the year. How about that? <laughs> thought you could get away from it. Oh, you thought you could get away, but it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is indeed. So let's talk about the Pro Bowl voting. Uh, big B, I don't know about you. I wasn't aware this was going on. I, didn't know I wasn't either. I had no idea it had started yet. Um, but Tua Tungabailoa, leading vote-getter in the NFL right now with 59,680 votes. He leads all of them in the uh, Pro Bowling vote. I should have had Verizon. Got to throw that one in there. Um, 
Also, what I think is really interesting, Big B, I'm going to read you the top five. C.J. Stroud, Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Those are your top five. C.J. Stroud being a number two is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, he's played great. Don't get me wrong. He's played great. But I do not have C.J. Stroud as number two MVP, number two uh, in Pro Bowl voting. I, I just, I don't know. I don't, we'll, we'll see what happens. I know it's a collection of of votes now that it's not mm-hmm. just fan voting. So I figure when all of that gets said and done, there'll be some changes that come up. But uh, I don't want to take anything away from him. I think he's great. But number two, eh, we're pushing it. We're pushing it. I just had to look that up because I I was trying to think. They just they just recently flipped to this. They keep changing the Pro Bowl, and probably because it. Nobody cares about it, truthfully. I don't right. think the player the players like the vacation, but uh, other than that, like it's not. Now that they I, changed it to where they're not actually playing a game, I think the players like it a hell of a lot more than what they oh, were. Yeah. You know, when they were out there risking stuff, and I'm like, they're making way too much money to to risk injury in an actual football game that literally means nothing. It's flag so, football now, right? Is that what yeah. it is? It's a flag, flag football game. Football, yeah, and, and last year was fun. It was fun. You know, you saw a guy. Not that guys still can't get hurt, but the risk is way down compared yeah. to a real football game. This is at, uh, I believe it's at Camping World Stadium. Yeah, it is, uh, in Orlando. So they moved it from Vegas to Orlando. Should have just left it in Hawaii. Like Exactly. Should have just left it there. But I think they're doing renovations to Aloha Stadium. Um there's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on down in Hawaii. Their whole football program is a mess, but we don't have to talk about that here. Uh, player selections will be determined by consensus votes of fans, players, and coaches, with each group's vote counting as one-third towards determining the all-star players who win this year's uh, Pro Bowl games. So, it, Tua being the leading vote-getter only gets them a third of right the the three, I guess. So you need, like, three total votes for it. Uh, as I mentioned... Uh, Tua, C.J. Stroud, Christian McCaffrey, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, most most votes by team. Forty ers Forty ers leading the way. They got a pretty good team. They just coming off a big win against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, where they crushed them. Were you surprised when they gave it all, Big B? That the that the Niners crushed them that much? I was. I, I thought they would win, and you know yeah. I was pretty confident that they would win, but I didn't think they would win like that. On the uh, road. On the road. I mean, Philly couldn't get anything going. Philly can't couldn't run the ball, and they've kind of stopped trying to run the ball. Um, but yeah, it did, the game just got ugly. Got ugly. Couldn't tackle. Yeah, there was a fight with security, which I thought was awesome. Never seen a security guard get involved, even just team security. Never getting involved with the the opposing team's player during the game. I've never seen that happen. But hey. You live long enough, and you see a lot. It was quite interesting. There was another fight, I think, right after that, where another player threw a bunch but didn't get thrown out. I can't remember who it was. Uh, The ejections, I thought, were ridiculous. Look, I mean, just throw a flag on both sides and keep it moving. Don't throw guys out. I mean, that was ridiculous, but it is what it is. My favorite part about the end of the Iron Bowl, maybe I don't know if we had this conversation, is it after after Auburn gave up that thirty one yard touchdown on fourth down, they the ensuing kickoff there was a little bit of a skirmish right like mm-hmm. they're like ah oh, we're upset, 
there were no flags thrown though. Like there was a good there was a good solid pushing match, and there's like yeah, there if, was. If we throw flags, they're just gonna offset. Nothing's gonna change anything. Nobody no. threw a punch, so we're not gonna throw a flag. Like Correct. if we throw a flag, the ball's gonna end up at the same spot that's gonna be. Let's just let's just keep this thing moving. Like, let's, just get, moving. let's just get out of here. Crap's um, getting away a lot. That's what I just did my beef of the week about. If you're on the KCSN YouTube page and you'll see it up on socials too, the beef of the week NFL officiating because like not only for the Chiefs, like the Chiefs got hosed on a couple calls, right? The Packers hosed the or the the refs hosed the Packers on a couple calls on that game too. I think the Chiefs got uh were fortunate to get a couple calls, but towards the end of the game there, that missed defensive pass interference, Big B. Oh Lord. Like I I That's blatant. I that I mean that's textbook pass interference. You go through a man, you climb on his back, you go through him to get to the ball. Before the ball gets there, I mean, it was blatant pass interference. But refs are human because it's a makeup call from the roughing the the or unnecessary roughness on Mahomes because Mahomes was not out of bounds. And usually, you know, they get a step or they're one when the defender's foot gets out of bounds before your foot gets out of bounds. That's a problem if you're calling them for unnecessary roughness. That's a problem. Yeah, that one was uh, was hard to defend if you're a Chiefs fan. I don't want to see anybody on the timeline say, well, it was actually... No, it, it no, wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't. Yeah, it, the NFL officiating this year has been, been very bad. And it's not just been in... It wasn't just that game. I'm not just saying nope. just from that game. It's been bad across the board. Really, it seems like every game I watch, NFL officials are doing something even more mind-boggling than they had the previous week. It's almost like they just need to scrap the whole process and start again. It's almost like they just need to say, like, all right, let's forget everything we've done the past 150, that's not fair, 100, 100 years, and let's just, like, start again. Let's use technology. Let's have, like, a an official who's watching as like a bird's eye view official and like all the screens on there who's like in the ear of the on of the white hat saying like uh, you know let's go let's 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 challenge this let's do this let's do that let's put a chip in the ball let's not do chains anymore what what kind of sport are we if we're still using chains there's a good nostalgia factor right for change but they don't matter you can still bring you can still have them on on the sidelines you can still have them out there but you can put the chip in the ball so you have an actual measurement of how far. Um, I just think there's a lot of things that you can do to improve the officiating that it seems like the NFL is stuck in their ways. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know if, if that's what they want to do. And not necessarily even, it's not, that's not even like taking the human element out of it, I think. No, it isn't. I mean, the first thing about officiating, you have to, everybody always has to understand is they're human. So they're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But, Having said that, it's almost like officials don't want to be officiated themselves. It's like their ego gets in the way of having somebody else double check what they're doing. And and, and I'll remind people, if you have an opportunity, go look up the salaries of NFL officials and how much they're making. These guys are making peanuts. You know, they're not out here, you know, refing NFL games for $500 a game. That, that, that's not what's happening here. So these guys are being pel- paid very, very well. And if they're, the whole mission is to actually get it right, if they cared that much about it, then why wouldn't you want to just get it right and have other people that are overseeing and looking? 
They're not saying that you're a bad official unless you continuously right. make bad calls. Well, if you're doing that, should you even be out there? That's the whole thing. Hey, mm-hmm. don't be out there if you continuously make bad calls. Be better. Don't we make everybody in every position or, you know, and in every job or every profession, you have to continuously get better at your profession. If you don't, they will replace you. Why can't they yeah. do the same thing with refs? I just don't understand it. And I know it's kind of tough a little bit too with the officials. Uh, that the, a lot of a lot of the calls are judgment calls. Like uh, that's what it is. Is that a lot of a lot of officiating is judgment calls? And we can get Nick Lucky here on this when he's ready to come on in. Uh, but I'm curious to get his point of view because he is a high school official. I don't know if you guys know that he does spend some time on the on this on the uh, on the field as a high school official. But uh, I I think it's going. It's it's one of those things. It's if you can take. If you can make the black and white calls easier for officials, we we saw it with with the MLB, right? I think that the enhanced replay system in the MLB made officiating better, made umpiring better in the in the MLB, yeah, and you have a greater appreciation for what these guys see. Honestly, like I I have a mad respect for the officials, but it seems like uh, the officiating is is one of the things that uh, right now is is pretty pretty uh, pretty tough to see. But let's go ahead and bring on Nick Lecky. As uh, he is joining us live from the cave, Nick, how are you, buddy? How are you, how are you gentlemen, doing today? We are well, man. Yeah, um, I, I heard I, I chimed in there right when you guys were talking about the officials, and I think I think you should be able to review things in a two minute. Like I, I thought we were already to that point where you you look at some of the calls that were made and not made. Is that's a referee, right? You want to stay neutral. You don't want to be a part of the game at all. You want to be like an offensive lineman where you want the game to run smoothly. You don't want anybody to remember you because the game ran smoothly. And unfortunately, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, a call was not made or, or you know, made that that kind of influenced the outcome of the game. And, you know, it's one of those things where you look at the rules committee where, like, you know, you're so used to as a college referee and as a pro referee, everything is reviewable. Well, pass interference is such a judgment call, uh, but sometimes there are times where, like, hey, there's contact before it restricted flag, right. and you know it's not always perfect. It's always going to be perfect, and you just got to roll with it. But you know, I think the the people hitting the panic button on the Chiefs that's a whole different story entirely because Chiefs have played like crap. If but guess what? They've only been two plays away from winning games, like a player two from winning games. Like think about that. Like think about that context. Like that's crazy. It is quite crazy to think about how what like this T Chiefs team, and I really do think uh, you know, his darkness on the Amateur Hour podcast made this point of like it really felt like though that this game was the first time that like they true that the Chiefs truly got beat. Like that 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 they didn't like necessarily shoot themselves in the foot all that much. Yeah, they had a couple of penalties, you know, the Creed Humphrey penalty and the holding penalty in the red zone and that one that first drive that kind of stalled everything out. Uh, they had a couple penalties in the red zone actually that just led to field goals, but it just kind of felt like the Packers beat them. It didn't feel like you know that ultimately it was um, you know the, the Chiefs' own wrongdoings that led them right. uh, to to a loss. It wasn't turning the ball over five times. It wasn't uh, you know an MVS drop pass in the end zone. It wasn't you know dropping a ball from Kadarius Tony and having it going straight into Brian Branch's hands and having him run it all the way back for a pick six. It was one of those games where. You know, every time the Chiefs, the Chiefs had three drives, I think, in the fourth quarter. They were down two, they were down five, and then they were down eight. Um, and they could have, 
put the game away in each one of those. They could have scored a touchdown. They could have. They they, they had the opportunity. The defense really. And you no, know, Nick, we talked about this a little before you hopped on. I think the defense did a great job in terms of just keeping the Chiefs' offense in that game and giving them an opportunity to win the game with third string guys running out there. Uh, that was pretty impressive. I want, I want to get your thoughts on the uh, the the Chiefs' defensive performance, uh, Nick, before we uh, totally move on to blind now. You know, I think that that Green Bay had a fantastic scheme, you know, and, and I don't think they were quite prepared for Jordan Love to be such a confident runner. And yeah. if anything, if anything, you know, there was so much going on with that game where, I mean, this is kind of a, a coming out party for Jordan Love, where where he played really well. And they had a great scheme where they had these up-tempo plays, these quick hitters, and they were gashing, they were gashing Chiefs defense for seven, eight yards a pop. And that I thought that was what the Chiefs should have done. Like they should copy that offense and and not try to go through Mahomes on everything. The drives where the Chiefs ran the ball consistently, that's when they had success. And then Andy Reid being a lineman, it's like, why don't you stick to the run? Like it's working, and it it, it reduces the the pass rush, you know, because they were getting killed, uh, pass rush wise. And yeah. so it's just one of the the reluctance to to not run the ball. And I thought the defense, you know, they just they just did enough, but not quite enough. And the offense didn't really pull their part. Big B, any yeah. final thoughts on that? I mean, I agree with exactly what Nick's saying. I mean, again, the reluctance to run the football when the Chiefs actually can run the football. I mean, if this isn't wasn't uh, an indicator of, hey, man, you run the football, you can win a football game that maybe you're not playing your best in. I just don't understand it. I'm never going to understand it. The just the 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 refusal to do it. But Andy Reid's always been that way. You know, even when he had Shady McCoy, they ran it, but they could have given it to him 35 times. Instead, 18, 19 rushes. I just, I don't get it. it it's it's crazy that the, they won't run the ball more, especially knowing some of the, let's say, challenges that the Chiefs receivers have had. Um, and, and the running game is working. It'd be one thing if it's not working. You know, then we're just saying you're running yourself into a brick wall. What are you doing? But when it's working, you got to keep doing it. You just got to keep doing it, man. It helps. And the, just the reluctance to do it, I, I don't know. I think it's cost the Chiefs the number one seed. I know there's a lot of football mm-hmm. left, and the Ravens got a tough schedule. And the Dolphins do too. So And the Chiefs is not. So we'll okay. still see. But they're behind the ABA. They cannot afford any more slip-ups because if they do – they're they're going on the road for the playoffs this year. That's the thing too. I looked. I took a look at that shocker or spoiler. I should say spoiler. They're not shocker. Uh, spoiler alert. That's what my short is for the best this week. If you're on the KCS YouTube page, and basically I asked the question: Do the Chiefs have the best slate left out of all the division leaders to get the number one seed? Yeah, they do. They have the best schedule, but. Yes. Are they playing the best right now? No, they're not playing the best at all. So that's going to be they. They have the opportunity is there. I don't think that all. I don't think Jacksonville. I don't think Baltimore, and I don't think Miami are winning out. Like if you look at their schedule, well, it's actually you know Baltimore plays Miami, and I think they play in Jacksonville too. So like they they by factor cannot you know they play the Forty Niners too. I play the Forty Nine. Like the, if you look at the Ravens schedule, oh my yeah, gosh. it's it's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> They also played the Steelers the last game yeah, of the season. I mean, I'm you yeah. know, baby hand is supposed to be back for that game. So who knows? Just in time, just in time for some just in time. Rocks. 
to throw for 111 yards. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs, man, I, I just think the Chiefs, if, if they can just get it together, there's still enough time. There's still enough yeah. football left to get it together. I know we, we're talking doom and gloom, but there's still enough time to figure it out. Teams get on a run with two games left in the schedule, much, much less five. So they have an opportunity here to still get things going in the right direction. I think they got to get a little healthy and start seeing some more success. And I think the Chiefs are just going to be fine. Nick's right. The panic button should not even be in any Chiefs fans' vicinity right now. It shouldn't even be around. There's no reason to panic. The Chiefs fans, listen, this will be our final thought for Blind Mail, though. But the Chiefs fans, we've been staying in a Ritz-Carlton. And now, now we're having to stay at like a courtyard by Marriott and they're like, not happy with it, you know, right. but guess what? We still have shelter, still get a free breakfast, uh, still get, you know, quality beds. And it's like, Hey, shut up. Stop complaining. We're fine. We're just fine. This is not the end of the world. Bye. Also, fine. It's a fine hotel. I mean, look, look well, I mean you could be like some teams staying at the the Roto-Rooter Inn or something like that. I mean, you know, you could be that bad. So trust me. It, I mean, the, the Chiefs are going to be fine. I, I love that analogy, though, Nick. You're 100% right, man. They've been at a Ritz-Carlton. Eh, now you're at a Marriott. Could be worse. Could be worse. It's okay. Still don't gas. Yeah. I, uh... You know what? That kind of does go with my blind nail. That's a, that's a perfect segue, Nick. You had no idea what I was going to ask, but... Uh, as you guys may know, as we transition to Blind Nil here, if you haven't listened to the show before and this is your first time, you're like, what the heck are these guys talking about Blind Nil? Like, what? These weirdos are talking about a poker term? Uh, yeah, we are. Because, uh, you know, it, it, it comes in where, uh, you know, Blind Nil is a card thing, Nick. You're going to have to... Spades. It's just Spades. I can tell you uh, never played Spades in your life before, Tucker. On, Tucker. Did I? Did I Damn it, Tucker. Spades is one of the greatest card games of all time. Exactly. Like hearts. Uh, but better because better hearts, hearts is kind of like neutral. Whereas yeah. spades, man, man, you can you got so much more strategy. You can go blind ill, you can go double blind ill. Um, you know, you can you can run the table, you can shoot the moon. Uh, there's so many ways. And if you catch people cheating, right? Like that's the best. One of my highlights of college is, you know, we're late night and I caught my my buddy who um he played a spade like in like round two and like round 10 or 12 of that game he played a heart and i'm like whoa did you play a heart did you play a spade this heart over here and caught him so that's yeah. like one of my greatest Ooh. i mean a lot of cheating going on at the k-state spade games nick trust me <laughs> a lot of people throwing down a spade they're waiting till the next round just pulls the cards back waits till the next round while everybody's looking at their cards Picks up that same spade and puts another card away and then plays it again. A lot of cheat. I, I mean, I don't know anything about that. I, I, that that's, I have no idea. I'm just saying there's a lot of cheating at the at the K State spade today. But it's a great, it's it's a fun game. It's a fun yes, it game. And it's like it keeps you engaged, but you don't have to be fully engaged, right? So it's like, yeah. like it's a it's a cool. Yeah. And you gamble. Just play for fun. No, you don't have to gamble, and it's good strategy, too. There's real strategy. Hmm. I'll have to try. I'll have to play some space sometime. But that's where we got the name Blind Nil, is where we all, we all bring something to the table. 
We don't know whatever anyone's going to talk about. Nick didn't know what I was going to talk about before he gave me that excellent segue into uh, me saying that. Hey, I'm going to the Cotton Bowl. I know I talked about it a little bit. Missouri got picked for the Cotton Bowl. And I'm going down to Dallas. It's a shame that game is not at the actual Cotton Bowl, by the way, that I that is at AT&T Stadium. Nevertheless, beautiful stadium. Uh, I I know that the, the Texas in Oklahoma announced like a $140 million renovation for the Cotton Bowl, though, uh, today. Um, that, yeah. That's going to be a good thing. Cotton Bowl's old. I mean, yeah, it's old. <laughs> and we'll get there. Yeah. First of all, yeah, Fair Park. But, you know. In inside the Cotton Bowl, the Cotton Bowl is not built for guys like me, Tucker. It is literally there are super narrow. And when you walk through, like you walk through like openings, you'll notice that it was built way back when because they're not that hot. Like if you're like six six, you're ducking to get through every doorway. Uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's it's interesting, but still a crazy cool venue though. Yeah, no, I I was super excited to go. This will be the first time I've gone to a bowl game, New Year's Six bowl game, nevertheless. Super cool. Gonna gonna do the road trip experience. But I wanted to ask you guys this. Both guys who, you know, Nick from Grapevine, uh, where they decided the whole the whole damn thing. Big B, you live currently in Dallas. I wanna know what's one thing I gotta see on Saturday, because I'm gonna be driving up on Saturday. I'm gonna be kind of moseying my way up on Saturday. Not in too big of a rush. So what's one thing uh, that I've gotta see before I leave town in Dallas? What do you want, like touristy thing or food wise? Like, what do you mm. yeah. either? Um, I I haven't necessarily um thought about that that far. I was like, you know what? The I know these two guys know Dallas pretty well. I well, should ask them what thing, I should do. Sure. I mean, if you're staying, depends on where you're staying. I mean, if you're staying in Arlington, I mean, Dallas is a little ways away. So that's the first <laughs> long thing. ways away. Yeah. yeah. So you're not like right next door to Dallas, but. If you venture over, for me, I, I know I've told you I'm a history guy. I think you got to go see the JFK stuff. Yeah, I, I think fifth, you got to go. Fifth floor. You got to go see it, man. Fifth floor. Because it's still an active street, so it's not like the shutdown road or anything yep. like that. It's still an active street. Oh. Um, and I won't tell you much about it, but you you, you definitely have to go. You got to go. Well, I think that's uh, awesome. Yeah, we went there as kids, and well, I'm going back home uh, over the break, and uh, I'll definitely uh, take my kids there. And the last whole part, like, don't waste your time. Like, the, the first part, you're like, oh, cool, all the history, blah, blah, blah. The last part is completely dedicated to all the conspiracy theories. Like, don't oh. hide from it at all. It is like, here we go. Here Absolutely. we go. Absolutely. This, is what you've been, this is what you've all been waiting for. Wow. Absolutely. And also... If you go, there's going to be one person, at least one person, that was actually there. You're, you're, no matter what, you're going to go down there, and it's going to be somebody that was actually there. <laughs> and they'll pull up a newspaper and say, hey, you see that dot? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, so right. we'll see that that was 100% be part of it. But I think all of that is crazy, crazy interesting. I love it. I love every bit of it. Uh, and every time I even drive down there and drive past it, it kind of gives me chills. I just, I, I love that history mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And, and if you're going to uh, Arlington, you're kind of closer to Fort Worth, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'd go to Joe T. Garcia's for Mexican food, bring cash. It was pretty good. It's like an institution. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, for, for Mexican food. They got, they use uh, commercial grade filet mignon for their fajita meat. They do. Right. And with the filet mignon, right, there's no marbling. So commercial grade Wagyu, it's all the same. But yeah, they use a commercial grade filet mignon for their fajitas and their marinade for like forty eight hours. It's amazing. 
Holy yeah. cow. That's really I I don't I don't have the hotel yet from where I'm gonna stay because you know I got a parking pass so I was like you know what I'll just find a place you know there's a shocker a lot of places around Ar- around Arlington I can stay I don't know if I want to stay in Arlington I might try to stay up actually in Grapevine and, uh, and and go down uh, that way yeah. um yeah I've heard Arlington's not the best area to sus. stay it's uh, sus. yeah <laughs> I mean there's there's parts of it that are okay but yeah. nowhere around that stadium is it okay <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> but something that i was trying to think of of doing is like i just like to go and see like these college campuses right and you know tcu yeah. in fort worth go swing i just might swing by there uh smu i think is downtown dallas no 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 it's north north dallas north dallas no, okay no, it's north not dallas. smu is not it's on highland park it's in highland park yes yeah, north dallas Oh, yeah, I guess technically it is. I, I'm thinking Frisco. not north of, that's north of Dallas. But yeah, I'm thinking Frisco. Yeah, I mean, you're not north Dallas, you're north I apologize. of Dallas. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> there are clear, but that's what people say, like, oh, I'm from Dallas. Where are you from? The Kitty. No, you're north. No, that's right. Dallas. 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 Yeah. That's right. North <laughs> north of Dallas. I'm, I'm going to stop at that Bucky's. I could wear my Bucky shirt, actually, coincidentally. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm gonna stop at the Bucky's in Denton. Obviously, that one is the first one I think you hit on 35. Uh, I just saw producer Nick put in the chat before I wiped my face that Bucky stinks, and I think that that is the worst take of all time. Um, and I oh, and I have to, that. I'd have to call him out on that one. That is that is, uh, wow, that's blasphemy. I mean, like finger <laughs> should bleed from even typing something like that is. Wow, nuggets, beef jerky, um, all of it. I mean, what gas station can you go to and and have brisket carved for you in the gas station while you wait? And I mean, and it is absolutely delicious. Huge yeah. thirty nine or um, Joe's. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Joe's. Like <laughs> <laughs> now you can buy a cowboy hat there too. I almost did that one time when I went. Um, just to say, I bought a cowboy hat from Bucky's. But, but, uh, buy one at Fort Worth. Buy one at Fort Worth. You know the stockyards are like. Listen, I've heard a lot uh, about stockyards. Fort Worth is what you think Dallas is. Like Fort okay. Worth is like is like sky like uh, high rises and cowboys, right? Where Dallas is is what you think that, but Dallas is not a cowboy. Fort Worth is cowboy. That's and Fort Worth. Remember the be- best nickname ever. Fort Worth is Funky Town, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. That's yeah. like everyone I know who are from Funky Town, right? <laughs> So should I stay in Fort Worth or Grapevine? Fourth. You get more. I mean, it's closer to Arlington. That's true. Yeah, and you get experience. Grapevine's fun, but it's it's just a little city uh, surrounded by other cities. But Fort Worth has got more of that. You're gonna experience more Texas feel in Fort Worth. I was looking to see what it was gonna cost to stay at the hotel that they uh, they did the what the college football playoff thing at. I can't remember. Or no, Gaylord, Texas, Gaylord. Yeah, Bloody. it might be a little pricey, especially around that time of year. It's like 480 bucks. I said, no, yeah. thank you. <laughs> say, the Gaylord is a little pricey. A little pricey. I will take my $80 night courtyard Marriott yeah. uh, in, in Fort Worth. That's what I'll do. And don't get a twist. I love courtyards. When I, when I travel for work, I stay at courtyards, and I'm more than pleased. More than pleased. I bet you got a lot of Marriott points. Yes, I do. <laughs> you, just, you just seem like a guy that has a lot of Marriott points. Yes, I do. And cashes them in when he takes the family on vacation. That's the way you oh, do it, man. 
Stay That's the way we do it. That's for right, me. man. That's the way free you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Pay like 40 bucks for like four people to do all you can eat breakfast with like two omelet chefs and a yep. chef. There you go. Right. I get it. I get it. $300 buffets for like 40. That sounds wonderful. Well. Uh, all right. A perfect segue too, because I didn't know you were going to do that, but with a, a certain team from the city of Arlington performing very well uh, and actually pretty highly graded quarterback and Dak Prescott at Big B's there. Tucker's about to go there. I'm from there. What do you guys think? Is Dallas for real? Are they going to make a run for it? I picked Dallas to go to the Super Bowl this year at the beginning. He really did. We're going to have to yep. check the seats. I, yep. I think you did. I think I did. Dallas to go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. So, but also Dallas Chargers. So, you know, the Dallas and the Chargers. So we'll cancel each other out. Yeah. But <laughs> I think Dallas wins the game number one on Sunday. I do. I think Dallas mm-hmm. wins the game on Sunday against the they, Eagles. They play tomorrow. Don't they play tomorrow night? No, that's unfortunately <laughs> Thursday. It's the Steelers and the Patriots tomorrow. Boy. It'll be six to three. But oh boy, uh, <laughs> if we're lucky, yeah, if we're lucky, um, nobody will get in the red zone. Just, but I, yeah, I think the the Cowboys are going to beat the Eagles. I think the Eagles kind of took it on the chin by the 49ers. Look, you can say the same thing that they took it on the chin that the Cowboys did too. That was earlier in the season. I did. I just think that. The Eagles got beat up. They got beat up by the 49ers late. I think the Cowboys are ascending. I think the the Eagles are not. And I think the Cowboys are better. And not to mention, that secondary of the Eagles is absolute trash. And the Cowboys have been dynamite throwing the football here the last six weeks. Yeah. You know, I, I think they've, uh, well, let's see, Tucker, what do you think? Are they legit or not? Well, I think so. I was just looking up the uh, the MVP odds right now. Right now, Brock Purdy leans it. I don't know. Oh, that's that's wild. That's filler. I don't know. That's filler. Yeah, he's plus three hundred right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, tied for second. Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott at plus three fifty. Dak Prescott's been playing really well this year, and I think that he, I think he's been the best quarterback in the league. Uh, when you look at his performances and everything like that, CD Lamb has been huge. Like obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Obvious checking into the to the podcast here, but man, I. I think they're good, and like they got a good defense too. The offense figured it out. That's the big thing. Is it like, oh, oh, we just got to throw the ball to CD Lamb twelve times, uh, and and this this can work? Yeah, Man. no, let's let's do that. That's crazy. <laughs> they got a couple good wide receivers out there, and they get it going. And, and Dak's kind of got his swagger back. You can see a little bit with him, but the scramble and getting into the dude's face. Uh, they got, they definitely got swagger. I I I I do think that I'm with Big B. I think they win that game. Just because uh, kind of how the Eagles are and, and Jalen Hurts being a little hindered a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, fun year to be a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I know they're loving it down here in Dallas. They are absolutely loving. It. I mean, they say it every year. Don't get me wrong; every year is the Cowboys' <laughs> year. But they are—they're actually excited because they can see them playing well, which they've seen it before. But it, I, for some reason, I just think it's different this year. I think it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm saying no. I'm saying I'm saying this is this is the biggest pump fake setup I've ever seen in my life. Um, this is more so than than the everything on Dealey Plaza uh, in the fifth floor. This is a conspiracy <laughs> to lull the Cowboys fans. This is this is hype it up all every Cowboys fans from from here to Timbuktu. 
right? Like they beat the Giants at home. Yeah. The Panthers on the road. Uh, the Commanders at home, um, the Seahawks at home. Come on, come on. The, who, who, uh, sure, you play the guys on your schedule. Um, you know, um, you know, you you beat the guys on your schedule. But really, I mean, that's not. I mean, does that give you hope? They give you op- optimism that that they they're going to beat an Eagles team that just played one of the 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 hardest four game stretches ever. If that wasn't the biggest fu to Eagles everywhere, where hey, go play at Buffalo, go play versus Kansas City in Philly, and then go play the 49ers at home, and then hey, guess what? Go play your divisional rivals, Dallas. It's almost like they matched to say, hey, Dallas, we'll play you some crappy teams so you can sort of rest your players. And Philly, you know, we're gonna play this hard ass schedule. We're gonna play all the who's who, the who's who in the NFL right now. Right, right. So yeah, Philly's going to be beat up right now, and you know they had a tough schedule, and they won. They went through it, right? They, they beat a hot Buffalo, um, in Buffalo, right? Uh, they they beat Kansas City, um, you know they lost at Niners, but what are you going to do there, man? Uh, Washington said f you to the um, Eagles by trading Chase Young. You know, to, I mean, that's the most, I guess I've said it a thousand times, that's the most pettiest Dan Snyder move ever is to trade your uh, uh, all-pro D-end to a already stacked team. That's like trading um, um, a good basketball player to those Miami Heat teams with LeBron and D-Wade, right? Uh, like, that's what that is. The so, thing yeah. is, Chase Young is playing well for them, too. Really good. I mean, well. <laughs> really good. Really good, man. The only thing that I would put up a fight with that, Nick, is... If you go back and you look at common opponents between the Eagles and the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the Cowboys are crushing those teams. The Eagles are barely beating them. Now, a win's a win. Don't get me wrong. A win is a win. But when you actually go back and you start comparing wins and common opponents, the Cowboys are just blowing those teams out where the Eagles are squeaking by. You should work for a college football playoff committee. Big I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that saying. See, so you're happy for, uh, as a, 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 a Louisville man that Florida State. Hey, here's what I'm happy, and I've said this all week to anybody who'll listen. In 1998, they did the same thing to us at Kansas State, so I do not Lift feel it. sorry for Florida Lift State, it. who, by Lift the way, happened to be the team that got in over us, and they shouldn't have. So I don't feel sorry for anybody. I know that's petty. I know it that's is. Not petty. I'm sorry that petty at all. That's not petty makes at all. me a bad person because I don't feel sorry for the kids. But I do not feel sorry for those kids. I'm sorry. I don't. Big, because I was big, one of those kids. Big B. Um, Tucker, you know what he's talking about. Is that, that the 1998 uh, Kansas State team, right? He lost to a right? Tucker, what happened? But what happened? You know what happened? The, the B, it was a BCS error, correct? Yeah. Correct. And, and the BCS, the computer said that Florida State was no nope. two. That was part of it, but what happened was they thought that their loss to a 5-6 and team earlier in the year was a better loss than our loss at the end of the year to the number 9 team in the country in double overtime. So they put them in the playoff, but what made it worse for Kansas State was all the other big-time bowls selected other teams, and we ended up number 3 in the BCS, had to go play in the Alamo Bowl. 
that's what made it even worse. It, I mean, just, a six and versus six and six Purdue, right? Yeah, or something like I that. I mean, that's the yeah. only time that Bill Snyder literally was not prepared for a full. Uh, we practiced like four times in a month. Did you guys? We, you guys had, like you guys didn't care. Like just no, 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 no. That's and, amazing. And you knew it was bad. I mean, well, you know how you, Snyder you, was you with prep. Bull no. prep was miserable. It was I was miserable. It was worse than two days because it was miserable. And we did nothing. We did nothing. Really? I said no practices. He canceled the first two practices when we got to San Antonio. I'm like, wow. Okay. What? I go. Are even coaches. Not. Are I am serious? dead serious. I am dead serious. The year before, against the Fiesta Bowl, I think we practiced, if there were 27 days in between games, we practiced 24 of them. I mean, we were just going at it. I mean, but, yeah, we did nothing. Nobody cared. All the coaches were leaving. I mean, it was a nightmare. But that's what happened. That's why I don't feel sorry for him, Tucker. Not at was all. That the, was that the Dante Hall Texas A&M teams? It was. It was. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Okay. We should have won the game. That's the main thing. We should have won the football game. It's just, you know, it is what it is. It's brutal. Leave that to computers. I, I think I saw something that the BCS rankings would have actually put had Florida State in. Of course uh, they would have. <laughs> and it was by a very slim margin, by like .01, I think they would have had Florida State in. Ah, um, remind me of point they had because they didn't lose a freaking game all season. That's just dumb. It's just stupid. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting conversation to have. Good thing they're going to 12 next year. This, this couldn't have been a more perfect year to prove why you need a 12-team playoff. Like exactly. I think this is a good year to end on it and be like, okay, yeah, that's why we need more than just... And that's the whole thing. The whole system was set up to fail from the beginning. You have five power huh. five conferences with four spots. Somebody was going to get left out. It just had worked out that nobody had done this you know, in a season. There hadn't been right. all these undefeated teams. Well, then there was, and oh, nah, we're not going to put them in. No, no, no. Early games yeah. are relevant. They're, you know, if this were to continue, they'd be letting in a, a three-loss team eventually just because they're winning with style. Correct. Ugly. Ugly, ugly. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't want to watch Florida State play Michigan, though, to be honest. You, 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 know know how, you don't know that. You don't know that. Nick, you know how I know that they made the right choice? Do you know how I know the committee made the right choice? Did you see the reaction of a Michigan's team when they had to play Alabama? They were. Yeah, they they didn't a, want to. That's how, that's how you know they made the right choice. If they got Florida State, they'd be like, sweet, we got a backup quarterback. This team put up three points against, no offense to Louisville. Louisville's got a good defense. Put up three points against Louisville, had a three-point halftime lead, was clinging onto a 6-0 lead. Michigan ain't all that. Michigan ain't all that, man. Michigan Michigan is just as, as decent as Florida State. Who the hell's in the Big Ten besides Ohio State? I think no that's way. a really good point. No I think, I, no they've way. played one. They've played one. No I'm just the schedule could not be as bad as uh, the big. Because everybody pumps up Penn State. I'm like Penn State is not no. good. No, they get no. Yeah, it's it to me the Big Ten ACC. There's there's no like look look at Clemson, look at Florida State, and that's Ohio State. That's Michigan. Who else you got? Exactly. I, I mean, everyone pubs up the Big Ten, even the Pac-12. Who do you have? Nobody. Well. Pac-12 was know? was decent this year. This year, this year was pretty good. It was decent this year, but in most years, it is horrible. And then look at even the SEC. Who do you have? Alabama, Georgia. That's it. SEC was incredibly top-heavy this year. Uh, and I, well, it is every conference. year, though. It is every year. But yeah, you're right. You can say that about every conference for the most part. But they they what? talk about how the gauntlet of the SEC is so tough. I'm like, really? Like Arkansas? 
Mississippi State Vanderbilt, that that gauntlet we're talking about, South right. Carolina? Right. Like, come on now. But Arkansas every conference has those bad teams, though. Yeah. Every conference is like that. So, Tucker, it's, you're right. It's, yeah. it's a history. They have a history, right? Yeah. Oh, Correct. blah, blah, blah. And it's dumb. It's dumb. And there's such a bias towards the SEC. Sure, all your champions have come there, right? LSU, Florida, whatever. But, I mean, that's because it, it's – we're not we're not looking at this objectively we're looking at this as like a momentum from years past and you should be looking at hey cancel what happened last year right what are we looking at this year and listen remember what happened in september because a lot of people forget what happened in september too well they act like it doesn't matter they acted like the texas alabama game never happened and they also acted like because georgia had won 29 in a row i'm like i didn't realize jalen carter wasn't playing for the eagles he was going to come back and play for georgia I'm like, right? why are we talking about what happened last year? That has nothing to do with what happened this year. Yeah, and like, yeah, absolutely it, nothing. So I don't know why people brought that up. I thought that was an insane so argument stupid. to bring up. So it's like when they show stats on TV. The, here's his stats through 2017. The second highest player since 2017. Like, what? Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody, Nobody cares. cares. Nobody cares. Somebody cares. Cherry picking. They're cherry Real picking. ones don't know. We're living in a stat-based society. It's like you need to influence them both. And look, you can make you can make stats say whatever you want. Like yes, legitimately, you, can. you could change the time frame, change what exactly yes, you, you want to collect. You could make them say whatever you want them to say. Um, but yeah, no, I I think that the twelve team is obviously the right way to go. Uh, yeah, in terms of the play and and everything, you got to have enough to get every power. Well, that's tough now because the Pac-12 is not really a power conference anymore. Uh, but to every power champion needs to be in there like yeah this is how it needs to be one of my favorite things mike leach before we move on to big b's point oh yeah um we still got that mike leach's uh rant from 2017 about the playoff it's amazing it was absolutely it was absolutely amazing every game was so smart every it was unreal it was unreal Underappreciated, truthfully, I think Mike Leach. He got his love before he passed away. He but remember too, he, did. he also went. He also went batshit crazy when he was at Tech too. Yeah, he I did. Heard a lot of stories well, come out. Yeah, let's not gloss that over. Like when Michael yeah. Jackson died, and all of a sudden he's a hero again. Right. That's mm-hmm. fair. But yeah, I thought that that his rants about like how how come we have to do it different than literally every other football league in the entire planet is high school D two. NFL, everybody. Well, that's what makes college football so unique. I'm like, get out of here, man. It, it's all about money, and that's Yo. it. That's literally it. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm about to watch the FCS playoff. Idaho plays Albany uh, this right. weekend at 10 p.m., and it's a playoff. That's right. I'm watch it. I'm going to watch it. That's right. Listen, like, just, just think game. about the popularity of the NFL, the combine. It, or the 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 draft is better ratings in like playoff games and other sports. Think about if they had the frozen for the the December March March Madness in December, January, right? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yep. Big Bean, what you got for us? What's your blind now? Well, you know, I was jumping on the official train and the officiating train that we talked about. So mine is what is the worst call in any sporting event that you can remember um, that had a big uh, outcome on the game. Mine is pretty easy. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Nick. 
Uh, no, I, I was going to say it's got to be um, uh, USA versus USSR basketball. Uh, there was like it was like in the seventies. There was like a, yeah, seventy two. There was like an inbound. Like USA was up by one, and they literally let they called fouls on USA three times in a row for like inbounds, right? Yep. And then finally, the third time when they finally you know got the ball and scored, they let it happen. But how they res- they restricted them, right? The officials were like. You should look it up, Tucker, because um, the officials, like, they literally, like, were, like, not going to let USA win the game. Yep. They, three different, or two different times, USA won the game on yeah. inbounds. They they were able, because there was only two seconds left. And on both, they, they inbounded the ball, knocked it away. But, I mean, whoever heard of officials that didn't speak the same language? That was <laughs> part of it. They had two officials, they didn't speak the same language. So yeah. how are they even communicating to each other? God only knows, but yeah. And then finally, the third time, they throw it all the way down the court, and USA guys run and jump into each other, and the guy catches it, and scores, and wins. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Huh. Oh, man. mine is eighty-five Royals. Uh, yeah, game six. Oh, oh man, eighty-five Royals got away with one. Uh, but you know what? The Royals won, so that's all that really matters, isn't it? Was that the pine tar? No, that was a uh, first base. I can't remember the guy, the ump's last name, um, but John something. But yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal. First base. Was, I mean, the game was gonna. It was gonna be over. I mean, they were gonna win. The Cardinals were gonna win, and nope, safe at first. Next thing you know, the Royals end up winning Game Six and go on to win next day. World eleven team. nothing or something like that. I think yeah, they, they blew them out. Blew them out in the next game. game. So look, they still could have won it. They could have. That's still that's 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 opportunity. So I have to tell my Cardinals fans, my friends, um, hey, still could have won it. <laughs> I would I obviously had no dog in the fight. I was not even born yet. Uh Nick in the chat, Nick Springer, shout out Nick, producer Nick took mine. What I was gonna say, the Colorado fifth down against Missouri. Eric Bianami, the running back on that team, by the way, shout out. Um, <laughs> I believe I believe the way that it went. <clears throat> Was they were in the red zone or like first and goal, and they spiked it on first down, and then they yeah. ran the ball on second down. They called a timeout, and they forgot to flip the change to second down or to third down afterwards, and they kept it on second down, and they ended up giving five downs. And I, I, Missouri had stopped them on fourth down, but it was actually third down. I think they down spiked it. I think they spiked it again on fourth down, and they gave them that extra down. I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, off it, and that, and I think that propelled Colorado to have a claim at the national title or something like that, I if I remember so, yeah. correctly. Because yeah. um, if they would have lost that game, uh, you know, back in the day, you could just claim national titles. Uh, really cool. You really good. <laughs> well, Florida State's Bro. about to do it. I mean, Florida State's yeah. about to claim one. Like if they beat Georgia, they're claiming it. They're saying they're, they're they have. Team. They can drop a banner, right? Yeah, like have have Jameis come in, give a pep rally speech. You know? I would love that. Actually, they need to just start Jameis. Truthfully, get get done. Get get over the Derek Carr situation. But I love him. I saw a video of of Jameis today where he's just like walking around Pelicans games. Like he's just like walking around, just like talking to people. Like that's so awesome. Yeah, he just loves. He just loves. He just he seems like a people guy. Like he seems like he loves yeah. to be around people. And I don't want to say he's a people pleaser, but he just like loves to talk to people. And that's I mean, really he made his money. 
He's living in New Orleans, eating good food. He's the backup, you know, because they took his job away from him. He's probably like, you know what? I'm living the good life right now. I'll go yeah. talk to everybody. Exactly. New Orleans is a good city to eat great food, hang out with people. I, I mean, I'm sure he's loving life. Yeah, it was. Uh, Jameis is one of my favorite quarterbacks. He he is an awesome, awesome. Like just you know that guy's a good locker room guy. Yeah, you know he is. You know he is too. Where's he from, by the way? I think Alabama. That makes sense. The country Alabama or Georgia? Yeah, he's country. There was a picture of the internet on that he was showing his house. Bessemer, Bessemer, Alabama. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty country. And that's like, okay. I, I see it. No, I tell you, that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a good him, thing. Him giving the pat on the back to Derek Carr. If you saw that video, <laughs> Derek Carr's no, just like watching. Derek Carr's sitting on like the the tablet, you know, watching it. And uh, I think he's like reaching behind to put his like tablet up. Uh, Jameis is, and then he like goes and he just like pats him, pats Derek Carr on the back twice, <laughs> and then just like continues. It's all on you, buddy. It's all on <laughs> he's you. Good. It's all right, buddy. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> I don't. I don't want your job. You're good. <laughs> He's incredible. One of my favorite stories. But then we'll eventually wrap this podcast up. But uh, one of my favorite Jameis stories is him getting suspended uh, for yelling obscenities in the student union. Right? And he was suspended for the game, and he dressed out because he thought Jimbo would forget that he had suspended him. And he's like going through warmups, and Jimbo's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I thought you would forget." That's so funny. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> I'm not even gonna comment. I, I remember I remember exactly what they were doing. What he said. You, yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Uh if you don't know, go look it up. But uh that's a good enough to end this podcast on. Appreciate everybody watching with us at the time. Uh appreciate everybody listening to us after the fact as well. We do appreciate you guys uh hanging out with us, talking league wide. We talk a little bit of everything here. If you guys don't know that by now and outside the trenches, but we appreciate Every one of you supporting us. Want to also give a big shout out. Thank you, everyone who donated for the Soul Casey raffle. Official number not out yet, but uh, last I had heard, we're looking at a uh, at a pretty sizable number. Twenty one K is what I think that we ended up raising uh, in total. So very exciting there. As we'll have more stuff coming out from there. So stay tuned on our social channels at KC Sports Network. We'll have more for you guys there. So until next time, that's Nick Lucky and Brian Hanley. I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you guys next week.